Hello everyone and welcome to Sweating the Small Stuff, a show where we sweat over the details that make our world richer. I'm your personal brain trainer, Cameron Buzar-Jamari, and I'm joined by... Your neural nutritionist, Sam. And a very special climate change refugee. Hi, this is Alicia Yang. So Alicia, you, you come from a very special place right now. This is this is a very timely episode, you might say. Ah, uh, yeah, Florida. You, you are running from a man named Dorian in Florida, which is not rare in Florida, but this time it's not a normal-sized man. No. He's huge. He's so big that the entire area of Puerto Rico could be covered by him if he was a little meaner. But right now, Bahamas is being covered by him. Yes, and as of the recording of this, he just got upgraded to a Cat 5? Yep. Not not good. I've actually wanted to do this episode for a while, but this seemed like the most timely because this entire hurricane situation is the fault of one band, Toto. No. And I'll tell you why. In his famous song, Africa, he asks you to do one thing. He does one thing. He blesses the rains down in Africa, right? Yeah. Wrong. You should not do that. And I will tell you why. For you see, that is how hurricanes form. And that will be the topic of today's episode. What hurricanes do and what it's really like to be a Floridian surviving them. (laughs) (laughs) So first of all, let's get into the fun science of hurricanes. Yay. There's no, see, this is the problem with the song. He just tells you to bless the ranch down Africa offhandedly. I'm pretty sure he has a vendetta against Florida and the Caribbean. And that's why he keeps asking us to do that. So in order for a hurricane to form, there's actually a few things going on. First of all, there is the way the hurricane actually forms. This is a product of warm water and, sorry, this is a product of moisture and warm air rising off of the ocean, forming storm clouds. Over time, this air movement actually creates um, a wind shear, a flow of air that produces the spin. This is what slowly forms into, well, at first tropical depression, then a storm, then a full-on hurricane. If my audio gets really messed up, it's because there's a cat on my lap (laughs) situation. She's being... She's being super well-behaved right now. Yeah, she is. She just wants some love. This part is staying in the audio. (laughs) Hello, Banshee. Anyway, as the warm air rises and produces the shear, it creates this spin. And that spin is what creates, at the very least, a tropical depression. It creates that cyclone that... In the Atlantic, we refer to as a hurricane, and in the Pacific, I believe, is referred to as a cyclone or typhoon. Yeah. Now, the way it intensifies is this process basically continues unheated as a feedback loop. Warm air rises in what becomes the eye of the hurricane, and then it adds to the spinning, and it allows this process... Banshee, please stop biting on the cables. And allows this process to intensify and intensify and intensify until you end up with a Category 5 hurricane. The, this starts in Africa. Basically, the way the Atlantic current works, the Gulf Stream current, it starts in Africa. Oh my God, Banshee, <laughs> why? Why must you do this to me? Baby. The Gulf Stream current takes these storms and pulls them across the Atlantic. And the Gulf Stream current is a warm current. So it's feeding into this loop and drags it across the Atlantic to the Caribbean and Florida, and the east coast of America, honestly, that's what we're seeing right now, where it becomes, at the very least, a Category 1 hurricane, and in the worst case, like now, a Cat 5 hurricane. Now, as I pointed out, it needs warm air to rise. When it moves over land, it causes it to basically degrade. It doesn't get that same feedback loop that lets it build up and up and up. We have lots of islands in the way, right? Someone just say right. Yep. (laughs) That help slow down this feedback loop. But unfortunately, sometimes as the current moves across the Atlantic and finds a nice little path that is unimpeded, it has just been building this entire time and becomes, in this case, the worst possible one, a Category 5 hurricane. So 
that, that's basically the gist of it is the the because of the gulf current it starts in africa you bless those rains down in africa and then those rains form into a tropical depression and get dragged all the way across the ocean and leash has to evacuate <laughs> <laughs> good job toto so so are we now gonna sweat over why we think Toto hates Florida? I thought we could save that part for the end. Unless you want to do it now. Let's do it now. Okay, <laughs> Toto, why do you hate Florida? I can actually tell you what this actual song is referring to. Okay, yeah, go for it. It, it basically has to do with atrocities in Africa and how literally like the band's main singer, like he was haunted by those stories. He had become aware of them, and they haunted him. Okay, I don't know why you're diminishing Toto's experience. By blessing rain Africa, does he mean to wash away the past of all this atrocity? I think so. And unfortunately, that results in hurricanes. <laughs> That's science. That's nature. In a way, that seems right. Because what is the hurricane hitting? Probably a lot of the people that did bad things to Africa. That's... Like- Weirdly accurate, because mm, it always hits the south of the United States, and it always hits the Caribbean. I can say Caribbean correctly. And for those of you who don't know, the upsetting truth is that a lot of slave practice and slave trade happened to be in the south of the United States and across the Caribbean because of sugar plantations and tobacco plantations and other plantations yep. and plantains. And plantains. So now that we've covered... How hurricanes form and why this is super depressing. I thought we'd give everyone a little taste of what it's really like to ride out a hurricane, having all three of us being Florida veterans who've survived multiple hurricane seasons. So before we start, let's give everyone our um, hurricane credentials of how long we've lived (laughs) in the hurricane area. Sam, you want to go first as being the veteran of not one, but two hurricane ravaged states? Yeah, so I've had dual residency in Florida and Louisiana. So that gives me the great honor of hitting hurricanes from both sides. Let me see. I remember when I just moved to Florida was in 04 when they had like three hurricanes back to back in about a two month span that we all got hit by. Yeah. And like my grandma was retreating over to my place because she was further down south. And so she was just constantly coming up to our place for the weekend during that time frame. The funny thing about Louisiana is that even when we don't have hurricanes, we just have bad flooding that happens. So the worst type of thing wasn't a hurricane. It was barely even a storm. Yeah, let's <laughs> so. take a moment to appreciate that Louisiana, not all of Louisiana, but definitely New Orleans, the part that you had residence in for at least two years, mm-hmm. had the genius idea of being like, we're going to build a city, but not just any city, a city underwater. <laughs> It's literally below the sea level. I think I don't need to go cite a lot of references for people to understand why. Leisha, what do you got for us? Well, I was also in Florida during the 0405 hurricane seasons, and that was that was a trip. (laughs) Was it fun? You know, like having just immigrated from China and dealing with, with monsoons and flooding. Yes, but battering of wind and rain. And losing power, that that didn't really happen. And we were all really confused. And we did not prepare beforehand. So that was uh, pretty miserable. But um, more recent experience is Irma from 2017. So yeah, that was fun. And then I, your personal brain trainer, have lived in Florida my entire life, with the exception of the time I was in my master's program. And very recently, when I moved out of the state for another job opportunity, 
And the most recent hurricane season that I was in there for was Hurricane Irma, which I think everyone considers to be the most recent pain in the butt for Florida, with the exception of what was going on right now with Dorian. Oh, no, there's Michael. Oh, that's true. I forgot Michael. I guess I'm not, uh, I guess I'm painting the world through my own lens. But I remember during Irma, we had, um, the, here's the weird thing. And I think this is where I really wanted us to discuss like our actual experiences with hurricanes. Cause I imagine people all over the United States treat Florida like America's Australia where everything's <laughs> just going wrong all the time and things are on fire. Yes. But like a hurricane season. Yeah. Hurricanes are dangerous and they're forces of nature that are horrifying. But like Floridians, like we, we know how to get out of the way of them. Like, we don't just sit there and are like, we'll ride out the storm with our shotguns and American flags. Uh, do you remember all those Facebook posts saying, let's shoot at a hurricane? I do not remember any of those. <laughs> Is that a thing? That was a thing during Irma and then Michael. Oh, well, that's... just Facebook groups. It's just, let's shoot at the hurricane. Let's do this. Let's run at the hurricane. Oh, sorry. Naruto run at the hurricane. Okay, that, <laughs> that actually... That makes... Let me explain to you why that makes no sense. The Naruto run is supposed to be that you move so fast that you have to keep your arms behind you because of the drag. But it would make more sense to not Naruto run and normal run through a hurricane in the opposite direction of the spin because the drag produced by your body would actually slow down the hurricane. And this is actually a plan the United States government has come up with, which is... Wait, for people to run into hurricanes? No, I'm about to explain this. They basically had different designs for a jet engine barge that would shoot air in the opposite direction of a hurricane before it made landfall so that it would slow the spin enough to reduce it from a high category, from like a Cat 5 hurricane or whatever, to a lower one, or even do it before it becomes a hurricane to keep it as a tropical storm or tropical depression so so what what happened to those plans um they couldn't figure out a good way to deliver a bunch of jet engines to the middle of a hurricane <laughs> i don't know why i, I try to fathom <laughs> what would be difficult about taking one of the largest barges ever created by human beings with a bunch of jet engines mounted on it and getting it in the middle of a turbulent storm i just don't see the problem i, I guess that's fair having survived hurricanes what I want to know is, what what did you actually do during a hurricane? Like, did you ever have to stay put and weather went out? And what was the snack situation like? <laughs> <laughs> so living in living in northern Florida, kind of inland, um, most of the hurricanes just kind of brush me by. Most of it is just wind and rain. <laughs> um so mo i stayed put i don't think i've actually i've never been to the evacuation shelter definitely stack uh stack up on non-perishable foods portable charger because mm -hmm. you need entertainment and if your only sole entertainment is your phone then you need to keep that thing oh can't say that no <laughs> <clears throat> you need to keep it running also never rely on family for entertainment <laughs> do not rely on family for entertainment oh my god <laughs> What about you, Sam? What was how did you survive hurricanes? I've also been very fortunate in my personal experiences because I was mainly in North Florida when most most of my hurricane experiences. So in that sense, it was a lot of wind and rain and losing electricity, but not so bad that the house would be shaking because I which I know relatives that that's where that would happen. And they'd have to bunker down in like their laundry room to wait till the storm passed. But I didn't really have to do that. And I remember particularly in the like in the 04 
05 hurricanes that my family had, we had a gas powered stovetop. And so we were still able to use it if we just like lit it with a lighter, which was really cool because we were able to make red beans and rice during the hurricane. Could you be any more cliched right now? No. <laughs> no Louisiana is, family with your Louisiana red beans and rice. This is my life, Cameron. <laughs> yeah. So here's the thing is like my dad spent so much time in construction and stuff that our home, I think our home could stand up to, I don't remember what he said. He said some like crazy category and I was like, that doesn't sound right, dad. I don't think you fully appreciate what this house is. But as a product of being in construction for so long, he had gotten to work on and build like hurricane proof buildings. And so we actually knew where to go for different categories of hurricane. And uh, one office building he worked on and created was, it's, he claims can stand up to a Cat 5, which I would actually believe. We would like wait it out. But like that was the thing is like the hurricane, as much as people like to think like the natural disaster of an actual hurricane is the bad part, like all the wind, all the rain, all the flooding. Honestly, the real hard part of a hurricane is after when you don't have utilities, when you don't have lot of things and this was problematic for us because the way florida prioritizes zones for how it restores power for some reason the neighborhood we lived in was the like last zone like if you looked on a map they basically had categorized zones so like obviously hospitals government centers all those things get priority then higher population resident areas, then lower population. So, like, because, A, our town was, like, along the water. It wasn't, like, along the coast or anything. It was just along the water. And, B, our town is kind of older and more out of the way. It was the last. Like, we were the last spot on the last town. I remember sitting in my house, looking across the street at uh, houses with power, and being like, what the heck, guys? (laughs) It was just, like, our street. Our one street did not have the power, and it was mind-boggling. No, I remember because one time in middle school, whenever we would lose power, we would get it back in like a couple of days. And I think that's because we were really close to a grocery store. So that probably made our like close to a grocery store and close to like more businesses and close to those areas. So I think that put us higher on the priority list. But my friend who lived about 10 minutes out or like eight minutes away from me and was kind of more in a rural area, like had like an acre of land to their house. You know, they big roller like (laughs) it took them a week or more to get electricity back. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then the other thing is, and people can tell you Irma was really bad because of how Irma hit Florida. So normally uh, hurricanes hit land. They kind of like go across it. So in Florida's case, like it would go across it from the East Coast to the West Coast and then just be off it and maybe go somewhere else. And by that time, it would have also reduced because it went over land for so long or it just goes into land and then dissipates because it doesn't have that feedback loop of the warm air helping Mm -hmm. intensify the hurricane. But it was super bad for Irma because it went straight up Florida. It basically landed in Miami and followed Florida's landmass straight up towards Tallahassee and then towards the rest of the United States. And this is problematic because the way Florida tries to prepare for hurricanes is we stage trucks and stuff in the part of the uh, state where there isn't hurricane so that after it passes, those trucks can move in and deliver stuff. But if the entire state is the hurricane, there's nowhere to stage. They had to stage in outside of the state and basically drive through what was left of the hurricane to bring back supplies. The last Hurricane Irma that I experienced 
was so bad, not because there was a hurricane, but because of the way the hurricane hit completely messed with any ability for planning. So it took that much longer for utilities and services to come back. The main, I mean, you kind of hit this. The main disaster from a hurricane is, so you can ride it out and sometimes you'll be just in bad situations and people will get injured. But it's mainly, it's from the aftermath afterwards and from flooding, if flooding does occur. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes you can have I mean, like, this is kind of what happened in Katrina, is that besides New Orleans being a special case in a terribly built city, is that there was a hurt, the Katrina hit, and it didn't just go away. It actually, like, stayed in the area for a few days, like a week. I, I think wow. it was that one. Or it may, Gustav may have been the same way. It just kind of sat there. So you had a bunch of rain coming down in one area. And so, of course, that's going to be a lot of flooding everywhere. And flooding just takes a while <laughs> i mean it takes a while to go down and plus it just like it ruins everything i i have i have many family members who have gone through flooding i actually have one aunt and uncle that their house has been flooded twice in two, oh no <laughs> in in their lifetime and so they've had to go through getting rid of like almost all of their belongings twice in their lifetime <laughs> because of that i remember you telling me I don't, I don't remember whether it was uh, your parents or your aunts and uncles who had to stay with their neighbors in their attic. Yeah, no, that was my aunt and uncle. Yeah, New Orleans being fun. That was a flash flood that happened. And so... Because you live in a fishbowl. Because <laughs> I live in a fishbowl. It's literally a bowl. I want everyone <laughs> to understand, New Orleans is an entire land area that should not exist and would not exist if it were not for the levees. Yes. <laughs> it is is a monument <laughs> to man's hubris. <laughs> yeah, but they they a flash flood occurred, so flooding came out of nowhere. Their neighbors had a second floor, mm -hmm. like a two-story building. They only had a one-story home. So they actually climbed out of their windows and like swam and climbed into the second floor window and then stayed at their neighbor's place until the water level went down. How long did that take? Uh, I, I don't remember. It may have been a day or two. Still, yeah, a day or two just being held in the second floor of whatever they had. <laughs> and like, and I don't think they had a working bathroom there either. Well, that's no good. I think, I think after all this, it's important that we take stock of what really matters during a hurricane. What happens to Disney World? This is important. <laughs> Because I know you're all worried. Like, yeah, sure, you three smucks have survived so many hurricanes. But what about our precious Disney World? I'd like you to know that when Walt Disney created this paradise in a swamp, he he made every precaution to make it the most hurricane-proof place in Florida. Disney World, for any of you who don't know, it's very hard to tell this, is actually built 30 feet above the ground. Because there's no way to build things underground in Florida because of how... Because everything is sand. Everything is sand and water and muck. And the water table is very high because it's basically an island that somehow got attached to the rest of America. He built the entire place, the entire park, when you're in it, is 30 feet above where actual ground should be. Because there's so many underways and hallways and passages where supposedly his disembodied corpse continues to walk, searching for... And more importantly, where the... Where the people in the costumes can go and transport from park to park and be in a cool area because they have a bunch of like, it's like a giant wind tunnel down there. But I want to be clear. When Disney World closes down, they aren't actually closing down because of danger to the park. Obviously, there's always danger when a high wind anything is coming through. But 
The park is a little less dangerous than the people, and they're more worried about you. They want to make sure that you're not trying to travel to the park or be in the park or go anywhere that would put you in harm's way when you're coming to Disney World. And this is true for pretty much any park or major outdoor attraction in Florida is they're, for the most part, capable of standing up to a Cat 5 hurricane. Otherwise, it would not be practical for them to exist. But when they close, they do not close because they need to do anything extra special for the park. They even have, they're called rideout staff, staff that stay at the hotels and things, so that as soon as a hurricane's over, they can start doing cleanup and taking care of the park again. Oh. So are you saying that the next Cat 5 that hits Orlando, I could just... Go to Disney World, yeah. Sneaking to Disney World. You could go into a small world ride and have a whole new form of regret. (laughs) With that in mind, is there uh, anything else you all would like to add about hurricanes or just about yourselves before we sign off? Uh, You can find me at leilyue.tumblr.com and look at my art. And as always, you can find me on Instagram at lil.baby.banshee. That's lil.baby.banshee. And you can follow my new food blog, The Sampler, at thesampler.blog. And as always, Swing the Small Stuff is on all social media at Small Stuff Show. If you are listening to this podcast and thinking, wow, you should leave it a review. It's fantastic. I get to hear so many incredible opinions. Please do. But also, I want you to right now go and find someone, maybe someone who is also surviving a hurricane, and show them this episode. Maybe you can download this episode and listen to and write out Dorian while listening to it because we found that's the best way to grow our audience is by personal recommendations and we're willing to bet they'll thank you for all the incredible knowledge you've just brought them till then i'm your personal brain trainer camera booster jamari reminding you from movies to media to the world around us it's details like these that make it worth sweating the small stuff We have to sing it now. Okay. I bless the rains down in Africa. I bless the rains down in Africa. No, I'm not doing Africa. more than oh, one curse. Oh, come on. <laughs>